setting up the lighting, the poses, all of the props that I either make or I buy or I find at like thrift stores and stuff. I consider more of that, like the artwork that goes into it. And I'm more just capturing what I've created, the little world like I've created outside of it. Welcome to the Flying Fruit Bowl, a platform dedicated to the discussion and exploration of art and the creative process. I'm the host and creator, Aaron S. And for this week's episode, I had a conversation with the amazing photographer, Calypso Jeffries, aka Liminal Films. Based in the USA, Calypso shoots both film and digital photography that explores the boundaries of liminal space and the way in which places can become otherworldly when photographed. Alongside this work, Calypso also focuses her attention on creative portraiture and self-portraiture. So I'll start, with, I'll start with everybody, which is just tell us a bit about yourself and how you became a photographer. Um, well, I'm from Minnesota and I kind of became a photographer because it was kind of like the easiest way for me to like express myself through art, I guess. Like I'm not much of a drawer <laughs> or much of a painter. And I think I like I told you, um, it. I feel like with that stuff, you have to have like good materials. Whereas with photography, I kind of start out with like a simple like point and shoot camera that obviously wasn't working too well because that was in early 2000s. So yeah, it's kind of how I became a photographer, I guess. So where did the interest in photography come from? Like at what point were you exposed to photography? Um, I guess I was never really like exposed to it per se. I just have really bad anxiety. And so it's kind of like the best way of expressing myself and like sometimes I struggle with words just because like I get so stuck in my head about it so it's kind of like the easiest way for me to express how I'm feeling yeah and what was kind of like the first photographer or the first kind of imagery that you saw that made you feel like oh actually I want to pursue this um well I used to make a lot of like random stuff I never really posted that on my art account obviously but I saw Ian Howarth's work when Mm. like a couple years ago and that's when I was like actually I think I want to like start doing this because I really enjoyed his film photography. Very good choice I must say. Very (laughs) good choice actually. Um, But yeah I can imagine why because his work is gorgeous but um, photography is a very technical well it can be a very technical hobby slash career. How important is gear to you and what kind of gear do you like to use? Well gear I mean, for my work, I feel like it's decently important just because like low light, you can't really shoot on certain cameras. It just doesn't look good. Um, But I use for film, I use the Pentax K1000, which is like the best beginner film camera. I don't care what anybody says. I I believe that. (laughs) And then I use my Sony A7 II, which... Honestly, I probably went a little overboard with that for my digital camera. It was decently expensive, but I don't know. I feel like it's worth it, especially since I'm going to school for it. Yeah, which I definitely get to later because I'm actually really curious about that whole kind of process of like, why? Actually, (laughs) I'm actually, I was actually now like, why, like, why are you going to school for photography? It's just something I'm really passionate about. And I have like all of these pictures in my head that I just can't seem to translate on to a picture. I don't know why I have all these great ideas. I just can never seem to get like the lighting right or the posing right. And so I feel like going to school for that, I maybe don't even have to go for the full four years, but I feel like just getting like more of an in-depth idea of how to set things up will 
just make my work that much better. So, oh, you know, I 100% agree with that. If there's one thing that I think a lot of photographers that I actually know, a lot of those that I talk to, and a lot of photographers that I see shooting stuff like, particularly like landscapes and like cityscapes, like they don't actually know how to use a studio and they don't know how to use, you know, like off camera flash, for instance, or balance, you know, tungsten light with natural light. And it's kind of interesting because you say that because that will give your work an edge. There are so many cool photographers like people like Nick Fancher, people like Lindsay Adler, you know, who are studio photographers, but their work is incredible. Like mm-hmm. it's it has so much depth to it and it has just so much kind of visual interest. And I think learning stuff like I think learning the technical side of photography, learning like aperture, learning lighting, learning, you know, camera setups, learning all these things, I think it's really, really helpful. I think it's extremely helpful because then that way it gives you more versatility. That means like when you jump into a studio, you feel very comfortable. When you're outside shooting, mm-hmm. you're very comfortable. It gives you that like just that more knowledge, that wider knowledge of the practice. Like I know it's a really good idea. I don't know. It's been really weird because every time I feel like I've gone to like a studio, it's been really hard for me. But in like my at home, like really janky studio where I have like curtains for like the backgrounds, like it's been way easier. But I know obviously if I want to work professionally in the future, it needs to look a little bit more professional, I guess. Because I don't Uh, know if people are going to want to come to my apartment with a bunch of like sheets hanging now. (laughs) See, I disagree completely. Well, I disagree. I agree. I actually, I agree. I see your point, but I disagree because I feel like, in the sense of like, how many times do you ever actually care about when you look at an image online? Like, how much do you ever think about the setup or think about, oh, what was the environment they were shot in? We don't really think about that. We just look at the final image. Yeah. You know, so like, and also not that like bed sheets are the best backgrounds ever. Like, they're the best DIY backgrounds. <laughs> like, they're the best. Like, the things like, but what I, so what I really love and I'm really, 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 really interested in is the people who do stuff very DIY. I love yeah. that kind of stuff because like, <laughs> just the, the 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 fact that you can create an incredible image just based on what you have is like the best idea to me because it means that you're not you're not holding yourself back by being like oh I don't have the materials or I don't have you know the best equipment I don't have the backdrops because backdrops are damn expensive yes you know? they are <laughs> and I'm like I love it when I see people just do stuff that is very that's very DIY that they create these incredibly amazing images and you look at the setup and you're like how did you get from that to that like I love that kind of stuff. So I think I'm all up for that. I think that's a great idea. And the <laughs> fact that you're you've got like a little home setup that isn't maybe like, you know, particularly polished, but that just shows your willingness to want to learn and to still create, even if you don't have all the materials to hand. Yeah, you should have you should have seen it. I told my fiance, I was like, so what would you think <laughs> if I moved our bedroom into the living room and we made the bedroom my photography studio? And he was like, Well. I mean, I guess. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. So now we have a pretty much a studio apartment and then a bedroom that is my photography studio. So I see, I think that's amazing. I think with photographers, I actually think the one thing that a lot of photographers lack is space. We yeah. don't really have the space to actually create the images we want to create. Because and it's see, I think it's really funny for me personally, because when I used to I did a photography degree many years ago. Mm-hmm. And when I had access to a studio, I didn't really care for it. But now I don't have access to a studio. I'm like, I really wish I had one. Um, it's kind of funny like you don't realize what you have until you you don't have it anymore but I think like I think having a studio and being able to learn the studio space and learning the technical like just lighting setups lighting setups are brilliant and actually I've got a lot of cool resources I can send you actually that I think you might really like actually that'd really help you um but I think it's a great thing to do I think it's always good to do but like what actually no we'll get into that later before that (laughs) I'll ask you like where did the screen name liminal films come from 
Um, so that came from, I kind of started by shooting like liminal spaces on my film camera, which I don't know if you need me to describe liminal spaces at all. You might as well, because okay, <laughs> liminal spaces to me are kind of like the, like spaces where you expect like a lot of people normally, but they're like really quiet, really empty. Um, most of the time it's at night. I don't know what it is about night and like peaceful places, but that definitely brings out more of like the otherworldly feeling you kind of get. And then films, just because I originally started shooting on film camera. That was kind of what I actually was going to do. Like that was going to be my work was just film. But I decided to actually switch it up digital. Like, I don't know, midway through when I decided to do portraits. So. I really want to get into the whole film photography debate, but we'll do that later because I'm just thinking, <laughs> okay. yeah, we'll do that later because I've got that, because I have an order and I'm trying to keep to it. <laughs> I gotcha. Um, I think. Um, yeah, actually, I'll definitely get that for later because I've got plenty of other questions around that topic. Otherwise, I'll be, I'll ramble on otherwise. Um, <laughs> so do you think that there are any limitations to being a photographer? Um, Maybe a little bit. I guess, like, personally, it's been hard to find people to shoot for me. So a lot of times I end up shooting myself, which is sometimes easier said than done. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know, like, what I want myself to look like for the picture, so that's always easier. But trying to get, like, that point across sometimes to, like, somebody else that I'm trying to shoot, especially someone that's not, like, an actual model. I don't know if you've noticed, but most of my pictures are of either myself or my friends. Yes. So it's very hard to try to get like that point across to somebody, obviously, that's not like in your head. Um, and I don't know, I guess because of photography, I have instead of like meeting people in person, I have just turned more of, oh, well, I have these people online that I know. So, yeah. you know, like they look at my work and stuff. I don't need to meet people in real life. Like school is going to be very hard for me just because I'm not used to interacting with people anymore about especially artwork yeah I think that's also a really really good thing and actually ironically that's not well, ironically but the thing that I actually <laughs> spring to yesterday about um an artist called Carl Beasley um which will be out after this interview because of the order I did everything um, <laughs> gotcha. and he was talking about like he regretted not going to university because had he gone to university he would have met people and that's the thing yeah. he, was, he kind of wishes he did the most and it kind of makes me think about you and like the fact that you're going to meet so many cool people that are going to be on the same wavelength as you, that are going to want to do the same things as you, it's going to really help you in person because being online all the time for photography is great and having a community online is great, but you also need people in real life to bounce ideas off. You know, like that's yeah. usually important. And I think having that is going to be really, really helpful to you. I Yeah, it's it's been kind of weird, like transitioning to doing art because I was actually going to go to school for psychiatry oh, wow. before decided to go for art and so I just haven't really surrounded myself with very many people that are kind of into the art scene hmm. so it'll be really probably refreshing honestly to have like people in my life that are going to like even the same school as me that are looking for like the same kind of friendships where it's kind of like a mutual benefit I guess because we both have like oh we can use each other for shoots we can use each other to bounce ideas off of you know yeah. that kind of stuff yeah, absolutely. It's exciting. And also it's nice because you know what you want to shoot. You've got ideas already now. And yeah. it's like you'll have the time to develop them as well, which is great as well. So I think that's cool as well. The fact that you already have like a vision 
think yeah. that's the best thing. Like that's the best thing you can do because I think it's very easy to kind of feel like it's very easy to kind of lose yourself. And I'm pretty sure I said this today, but it feels like you're, it's very easy to lose yourself in like the sea of art, the endless sea of great art, because like mm-hmm. there are so many great photographers that shoot great portraits, that shoot great landscapes, that shoot great cityscapes, that shoot great liminal spaces. Like there's so many I can think about that I can think of. And it's like finding your place in that is actually extremely hard because like how yeah. do you like, you know, how do you make yourself stand out? You know, if you're shooting images that are quite quite similar to other people, like how do you kind of make people understand that your work is different and it's your own perspective? You know, it can be quite hard. And like, is that something that ever worries you? Like the overabundance of of just so many so much good art. Um, lately, yeah, I've been kind of. I don't know if you've noticed on my account at all, but I have been kind of playing around with different ideas. I I don't know why I had this moment where I was doing portraits. I was like, yes, this is my style. This is what I'm going to do. And I don't know why, but I'm kind of like switching it up again. Like, I just don't feel like I've found what my style is exactly. I don't know if it's just lack of knowing how to put it together yet, or if it's just something I want to do differently entirely, but. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, I was going to, I was going to ask you a completely different question, but I should ask this question, should I ask that question? I'll ask you this other question in a second, but I'll say this first. Just trying to think, like, watch the ask first. Um, <laughs> so I don't think people realize, but when people talk to me, obviously I'm paying attention to what I'm saying, but I'm also thinking, like, what's the next logical question to this? And it's probably not the question I was going to ask originally. So I'm always a bit like, uh. <laughs> so I think for you, I think it's just about time. It's about giving yourself the time to understand what is it you're actually interested in, what kind of style you want, or mm-hmm. like what kind of um, subject matter you actually are interested in. Because I feel like giving yourself some time away from the internet, especially, and giving yourself some time where you can sit down and actually just ask yourself, what do I want to shoot? What am I interested? Like write a list of themes down that you're interested in and then figure out how you can create photo shoots around that theme. You know, there's so many different cool little small exercises or little things you can do that can give you inspiration outside of the internet. Because I think the problem is that because you're looking at so much art, because you're bombarded by so many cool images, you know, you're a bit like, oh, maybe I should shoot this landscape or maybe I should shoot this portrait or maybe I should shoot this or maybe I should shoot that. And it's like, you don't have to actually have a style. But how important is style to you? Do you think it's important for you to have a style? I think it's pretty important, depending, I guess, on what I do. If I do, if I stick with creative portraits, I would really like to have like a style that you're like, oh, wow, yes, I know exactly who shot that. If you're into like that kind of art, you know, I think that would be important to me. Um, I guess maybe not so much if if I decide to just stick with landscape work, I don't know why. I think it's just because my work, my work has been compared to like Terry Richardson. I don't know if you know that photographer. Do, it's yes. been compared to that a lot. And so it's like, I guess I expect more to maybe not be like as not noticeable. I guess I expect my work to not stand out as much if I'm doing um, landscape work. To the point of like where people know that like oh it has this particular style that mm. you know she shot like I guess yeah I expect it more if I did my creative portraits but what do you think determines a photographer's style though I'd have to say like use of angles like um some people just have really unique angles that they shoot from or like Ian Howarth he has very smooth tones on all of his pictures like they are just very pretty very smooth they're all like very similar tones. I feel like looking at his work, you can tell that it's like his work, you know? And then 
God, who you, you sent me that list of photographers and I was looking through them and there's this one photographer that I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. But he had a very distinct style of um, work. Like he had a picture where he had somebody taking communion and it said like Prada on it. And all of his work was very similar to that type of um, like name brand stuff. I, I'll have to look up the name yeah, later and let you know. But <laughs> I can't remember that. And I'm like, who is that? You sent me, you sent me quite, of a, quite of a long list. Oh, that so list I'm was... sure you don't remember which one. <laughs> <laughs> that list was, I, I, <laughs> I talked to that list and I was like, is this too much? And I was like, this is probably too much, but I don't really care. I, I just thought no, like, it's these still are... fine i'll still look through all of them but i haven't gotten the chance yet but i looked no, through quite a few of them no, but... listen when i send people stuff i don't know if people to look at it if you want to look <laughs> at it look at it that's cool because i put it there for you to look at because i know people will say yeah i'll look at it and they don't I, I get that because you know you're busy that's fine i'm not going to be annoyed it's like <laughs> i'm just putting it there in case you want to look at it and you never know at some point you'll remember it and you'll come back to it so can anybody be a photographer oh that's such a hard question <laughs> i think probably yes and no I guess it depends on what you see a photographer as I get like I guess when I think of a photographer I think of somebody that's like selling their art you know that's their job they're making a living off of it or that's like their main thing that they're like working towards you know whereas like some people may see it as like a hobby more so than any type of job that it could be or maybe even someone that just takes pictures just for fun every once in a while um I don't know it's just a really hard question because I don't want to like downplay obviously anybody else's experience with art but I definitely have a more rigid idea I guess of what a photographer is than okay. maybe I even should be or okay, should so, have okay so. then so what is your so like in your opinion, personal opinion what should a photographer be or what is a photographer what makes somebody a photographer I guess somebody that's working towards having their art be maybe not known but like working towards having their art mean something in the end you know kind of um getting people to see their work or having work that has like a really deeper meaning to it um than just like a picture of a tree i guess <laughs> you know yeah although yeah mm, okay i have opinions not but yeah okay because <laughs> i kind of feel like how do you know that a piece of work has a deeper meaning i guess it's all up to the individual person which is why it's kind of hard you know like you yeah. can't just like like you obviously have like an opinion on the tree part <laughs> yeah. so like somebody might see a deeper meaning in like the tree than maybe I do so they'll consider that person a photographer which is just why it's such like a hard question for me to yeah. answer because yeah <laughs> I know because I think I think it's more about it's, I don't think I think in a weird way I don't know if this is a great thing to say or not but I feel like a lot of the time the importance of an image isn't actually about the image itself it's actually about the context behind the image and the way in which the image is presented to you mm -hmm. i think that actually sometimes is more honest i think in a way like how can i how can i explain it i'm going off on such a weird <laughs> tangent how can i explain it it's like a picture of a tree you're looking at it like call this a picture of a tree sure cool there's a picture of a tree presented in an interesting way you're going to be curious about the image and mm -hmm. it's like how it's presented makes kind of actually I'll scrap this I don't know what I'm talking about I'm gonna just move on from this because I'm rambling <laughs> okay. I'm like, where am I going with this right so what is the biggest challenge of being a photographer 
gosh, probably just showing my work to other people has been really a challenge for me. Um, I tend to be kind of a perfectionist. I know I've talked with you about that before, is that I'm, I really like my work to look perfect. And if it doesn't, I just don't even want to do anything with it. I don't even want to edit it. I just want to like forget that it existed. And it's really something that I'm still working on, which is yeah. why I haven't posted in a while, because it's been really, that's probably my like biggest challenge with all of my art is just, I don't want to show anyone. So. <laughs> but don't you think that it's actually quite helpful to show like the failures? Because I think one thing that we don't do, not just the photographers, but like, artists in general and just creatives in general, is that we never really show the failures. We never say mm -hmm. like why something has failed or why we don't like something. Yes and no. I guess it's hard because so much of my work has been based off of my numbers for such a long time, hmm. especially when I started a couple of years ago and I didn't have very many people that liked my work. And now I have quite a few more people that like my work. Not a lot, but like it's still cool to see like, you know, a thousand people follow me. A thousand people hmm. look at my work. That's amazing to me. So it's like, yeah. do I risk posting something that sucks <laughs> or isn't very good? and lose that because in my head it's so much more black and white it's more of like a like I post a bad picture everyone's gonna be like oh falling off you know what I'm saying yeah I understand so yeah it's definitely been hard but I see what you're saying with it is probably more important to that artists are more like hey my work isn't always great it always sometimes it has mistakes sometimes pictures don't work out See, I think that's really interesting because mm -hmm. I agree and I understand what you're saying in terms of like followers and the idea of like you built up this audience, you want to keep the audience. But then you have to remember like your audience comes and goes, you know, of course, just because yeah. you have a thousand followers now, unless you're talking to every single one of those thousand followers, like how much of it really matters, you know? Mm -hmm. Because it's just like people are going to see a work, people are not going to see a work. New people will join, new people will join your your page and follow your work and other people will drop off because you know people only have a short attention spans you know things yeah. last forever even if you had like fifty thousand followers you know they're not all going to be like looking at your work constantly i think numbers are great and i think it's always good to see your numbers go because who doesn't like that let's be honest yeah but at the same time <laughs> like don't put so much pressure on yourself for everything to be so perfect all the time because yeah things won't always always work out you know and if you if you want to shoot stuff for clients in the future, if you want to shoot more commercial products, you have to adapt. You know, yeah. and things will not be perfect all the time. And you know, <laughs> that that light that you have that works perfectly will just break that one day before you need to shoot a campaign or something like that. Like things like that yeah. happen. So I don't know. I, I hear what you're saying about the numbers, but I'd also say to you, not that you want this advice, but I give people advice no, you're good. Well, <laughs> as you already know. Um, but like just kind of Take it easy and enjoy yourself. Enjoy the process of creating because you're at a point now in your, particularly online in your career, where like you have a thousand followers, that's cool. That's only a thousand followers. At some point, you'll have 50,000 followers. And then you won't be able to make the same kind of mistakes you can make now. You'll yeah. be able to kind of create the same kind of work you can create now. Like as soon as you do something full time, especially if you want to do photography like full time, yeah, you won't have the space and the flexibility to kind of just do what you want. Whereas in now you have, if of that course, makes sense. Yeah. So no, that, yeah, that makes sense. enjoy it, I guess, is what I'm trying to say <laughs> in a roundabout way. <laughs> I gotcha. So do you think that society values photography? Yes and no. I feel like I have kind of like a weird opinion on this one. We, 
I feel like we've kind of moved to like an influencer type of photography or like brand photography is obviously pretty big. I feel like, um, but I feel like almost the, like the art community has like these little niche pockets of artwork and artists. And that's kind of who appreciates the work versus like a general public, like maybe it used to with like Van Gogh and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there was more of an appreciation for art in the past overall than there is now. Do you think that the fact that everybody has a phone that can take an image kind of muddies the water of like what is considered good photography? Um, yes and no. I guess I've seen really good pictures on um, like people have taken on their iPhones. Like there's whole art accounts dedicated to just iPhones, but I've also seen really bad ones. Hmm. So I guess it just really depends on how you shoot and what you what subject you're shooting. Because obviously you can't shoot everything on like an iPhone so true but do you think that photography is like an art form like do you consider photography as like an art form i guess is the best way to ask that question um yeah i guess i would say i consider it an art form i think the stuff that's behind it i would consider more of the art form than just the picture part of it like setting up the lighting um, hmm. the poses, all of the props that I either make or I buy or I find at like thrift stores and stuff. I consider yeah. more of that, like the artwork that goes into it. And I'm more just capturing what I've created, the little world like I've created outside of it. Do you ever show that though? Like the whole idea of like looking for props or building props or like the, the, um, the kind of concept versus final image? I haven't really it's been something I kind of want to get into more I've been kind of learning how to record on my Sony so I'm hoping I can do more stuff like that I definitely want to make it look nicer than me just like recording it on my phone Hmm. so I don't I really like cinematography so I'd really like to do more Hmm. um, like aesthetically pleasing videos of me like going out and finding the stuff I want or like making some of the props that I use um, and then like the whole background of the shoot and then the shoot, how it turned out itself. So I have so many cool resources for you because I, <laughs> okay. I also love cinematography. As you probably could tell, I also love cinematography. Yes. So I'm like, Absolutely. <laughs> I've got so many cool resources for you. Actually, in fact, what I have on my computer is I have a folder that's just called cinematography and it's just like images I've saved over like the last 10 years or whatever. I'll send wow, you a copy okay. of it if you want. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I'll send, yeah, I'll send you a copy <laughs> of it and I'll send you all the screenshots of films that I've taken over the years because I always take screenshots of films. Because okay, I, gotcha. I, I can't watch a film anymore. I have to just look at screenshots because <laughs> I just don't have the patience. So every gotcha. time I watch a film, I'm like, screenshot this. It looks great. This lighting's cool. <laughs> this pose is cool. So I'll send you, if you want them, I'll happily send them to you. That'd be cool. Yes, please um, do that. Because, yeah, I want to get more into that. It's just, it's hard to learn at first. But I think I'm hmm. actually going to do some of that in school as well. So are there any changes you'd like to see in the photography community? Yes, I kind of feel like it's, I haven't heard it in a while. But I remember reading something about how like a lot of photographers don't consider you a photographer or even an artist if you're not like that's not your full time job. If you're not struggling to get by doing it, then you're not like committed to it. And I feel like that's really an unfair thing to ask of Hmm. someone that they should have to struggle in order to be considered like an artist or photographer. Um, I just feel like that was really toxic. So I am, yeah, yeah, that's definitely one thing I would like to see kind of change. Maybe that's more of an America than 
maybe like the UK, but yeah, maybe actually. But I but I do also agree with that the idea of like gatekeeping, what is considered like who is considered a photographer or like what is yeah. photo- considered photography in general. I think the issue is that like at any kind of point in life, you know, on any platforms that we're on, there's just a lot of gatekeeping, whether it's like, oh, you know, you don't have the best gear or you don't have the latest camera or you don't have, you know, the best, you know, images or you don't have the best editing software. And it's like when people are just out here creating work, like yeah. let people just create because clearly they feel the need to. And that should be enough, I think, for the most part. Yeah. Um, I just don't like it when you have, oh, you know, just these, they're like this a certain type of, of male photographer who's like oh I'm really cool because I've got a really cool camera with a really big lens and then you look at their work and it's literally just like birds and you're a bit like they're cool but they're just birds like literally just (laughs) literally just animals and you're you know you're getting annoyed at like photographers who are going out and being creative with yeah maybe less than stellar cameras but they're doing cool stuff yeah just because things something isn't technically correct doesn't mean that it's not good that's what I don't like when people are like oh it's not technically correct I'm like but there's so much interest and and just change that comes through stuff that isn't actually technically correct and actually I'll save that question for a minute okay (laughs) but what is your opinion on the current rise of AI art and the way that it's impacting photography at the minute um if I'm honest I think it's a trend I I think people that appreciate art aren't going to care about it like I personally haven't really done anything with AI like AI anything I have very like no interest in it I I really like the creative process of like making art. Hmm. So it doesn't really matter or impact me. I I think it will definitely make a change from people like maybe purchasing art that aren't really that into art. They just see a cool picture. Hmm. Um, especially with a lot of like illustrators, I've seen like their work is easily taken. So like they can essentially have like a free commission done by AI of their style of artwork but for photography i don't know if it exactly um will impact the people that really care or enjoy creating if you understand what i mean (laughs) no that makes absolute sense i i completely agree with that i feel like we i guess forget or at least i think maybe the general public forgets that like any piece of art that you see online that's not a digital piece of art is made by somebody physically I think photography is a weird exception because people just assume that photography is very much just digital because obviously you have a camera, but people forget you've actually got to go outside. Like you've got to go outside to take an image. You know, you have to be in a certain place to take an image. People forget that very easily because they assume that the camera does all the work when actually the camera just takes the image. You do all the work as a photographer. Yeah. And um, what are some of the things other than actually taking the image itself do you have to consider as a photographer? I mean, personally, I have to kind of consider my mood if like I had a really bad day at work and I go home and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to make myself shoot nine out of 10 times. It comes out bad. (laughs) I just get so frustrated that I just can't even set it up. Right. Um, But yeah, I guess that is probably just my main thing is I can make a lot of things work and I can try things over and over and over again. Typically it's just, it really depends on my mood uh, if it's going to work or not. No, but that's a good point. And like, how do you stay motivated? Like, maybe let's just say you came back home from work, you've shot a ton yeah. of images that none of them turned out right. Like, how do you motivate yourself to keep creating and to be like, cool, let's try this again? Um, I guess it kind of just goes back to me personally. I can just kind of like put things away in my head. Like, yeah. I'll just put it in a box and I'll just forget about it. Like, I have tons of images that are on my like camera 
right now that I don't even know what they are. I just didn't like them. So I just left them. Oh. And so like, I I guess by staying motivated, I kind of just forget about the work that I've done that I just didn't like. I, I, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess that's kind of how I do it. That's actually really interesting though, because I think that's kind of actually really curious like, because you, you don't linger, which is very interesting. Because like you could very much easily just be caught up by like, oh, this didn't go and turn out right, or and you still have the images as well, which is weird. I think that's kind of interesting <laughs> that you still have them. Yeah. But then I also I'd never delete any of my images. Well, mostly delete most of my images. I had them all backed up from like 2014 in my hard drives. Um, I got you. Because you don't delete anything because you never know when you can repurpose something as well. I think that's yeah. the cool thing about photography. But I'm kind of curious, like, how do you know that an image hasn't gone right? Something just like clicks in my brain when I like a picture, like. If I'm taking a picture and the lighting is perfect, the posing is perfect, everything that I want is going on in the picture, it like makes my brain just like ding. <laughs> hmm. Like I can just tell that I, it almost like comes to life in front of me. Like portraits will look like maybe more of like a painting or the lighting will just fall perfectly on it that I can kind of tell that it's going to be a picture that I like versus sometimes I'll take a picture and it all just looks like put together. Like it all just looks like separate entities instead of like one thing that's kind of functioning. Okay. So for those who may not have seen it, can you please describe your work? Yeah, I guess my work as of right now is I'm still kind of capturing like liminal spaces, mostly at night. Um, and for some reason in laundromats, I don't know why, <laughs> but I have a backlog of pictures of laundromats. So, hmm. yes. Um, otherwise, kind of just creative portraits. Just kind of things I guess I can, like, I imagine in my head. <laughs> Not really. Um, I don't really feel like they have too deep of a meaning at this point yet. But I would just, yeah, more creative portraits. So. So laundromats are interesting to me. Because I feel like laundromats in America are so different to how we have them here in the UK. Cause in, cause yeah because here in the uk nobody really goes to laundry mats anymore they're, there's hardly any anywhere oh um, gotcha yeah they're because, really big still here yeah, <laughs> yeah whereas in that they're, they're definitely not here it's only if your washing machine breaks down do you yeah. go to one like that the idea of like i and it's actually funny so it's funny to say laundry mats as well because i sorted out the cover image for this the cover image for this interview and i actually chose one image of laundry mats which is funny because <laughs> um, that's an image that I chose and I was like I had about three different varieties I was going to go with and I was like which one do I want and I actually chose your laundromat because I was like this is really interesting to me so it's kind of yeah. funny you should say that but yeah laundromats are interesting because it's like just this idea of like interior spaces because there's something interesting about looking at an empty interior space especially and like yeah I like interior is something you want to continue with in the future um yes they definitely would be it's I'm kind of at this weird crossroads where I want to almost go two different directions with my work. Hmm. So I guess I'll have to kind of see what I guess I settle on, especially the more that I learn and the more that I shoot in studios, whether or not I want to create work like portraits or if I want to do more um, landscape, liminal spaces type stuff like that. Do you have to settle though? Yes and no. <laughs> No, because, yeah, my artwork can be whatever I want it to be. I just, I don't know. I've had this, like, idea that my artwork needs to be a specific style, like, a specific thing. And it, I would need to have, like, a separate 
like a separation between those two different styles. If that makes sense, like almost like a separate account or a separate username or something that kind of makes those styles um, like their own thing versus both being the things that I main, like mainly do. Okay, so I very much understand that as somebody who has who has shot model tests in the past and now I shoot yeah. up a lot of landscapes. Like I really understand that because you kind of want to figure out like your identity as a photographer and where your work mm-hmm. lies. But I also kind of feel like you don't actually have to settle necessarily. You could just work in seasons. You can have like, so in the summer, you'll shoot landscapes and in the winter, you'll shoot portraits. You could do something yeah. like that. Or you could make it so that your commercial work and your fine art work is the way I like to kind of separate the two. Like they can have the same kind of um, themes and principles and kind of same aesthetic. And that way your work can can feed into both. Because wouldn't it be really cool if you were to shoot like an ad campaign in a laundromat? Of course, yeah. Something like that. It will combine both of the the different kind of worlds together. Yeah. Because I think nowadays, especially with like, I don't know if you want to get into the whole fashion realm, but especially with the fashion realm of photography, I think emphasis on the location has become yeah. really, really important in, in recent years. And the idea of like going out to, to places to shoot and going to different cities to shoot and different environments to shoot images, that, can, that could be a print hanging on a wall or it could be, you know, a, uh, a, a portrait session for somebody. Like people like Tim Walker. I don't know if you know the artist Tim Walker. Um, um, I'm not sure. I'll send you a link to his work if you don't know. Okay. He's a, a really, really cool British photographer. Very, very kind of very renowned here in the UK, at least. Yeah, I'm. Sure, I just assumed you know his work, but you don't, which is cool. Um, but somebody <laughs> like Tim Walker, like his work is, and actually, so people like Tim Walker, people like Alex Prager, people like, um, even Todd Heider at the minute, like their work has a nice intersection in between mm-hmm. commercial commerciality, but also like fine art. It kind of sits yeah. in that border where it's like it's it's a bit of both, because you can have it as a print, but it can also be like an ad campaign. Maybe yeah. that's maybe that would be the good solution for you is to have your work kind of sit in that middle ground of the two different sectors that you want to go into. Yeah, yeah, it definitely sounds like something I would be kind of interested in learning more. Kind of what that means, I guess, for especially for my work, because um, I feel like you definitely have to have more of a polished feeling to have something that can be a campaign and also a print. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have yeah, you, plenty yeah, of time need... to figure all that out. So <laughs> that, but like that's that's a bit of it is that you have the time. Like yeah. but you are right. Like there's like a, a very specific like American aesthetic when you have people like yeah. I don't know if you know the photographers, but people like Nadia Lee Cohen, for instance, or you have people like Philip Lucas de Corsia, um, who have like a very even like Gregory Cruzdon, who everybody knows, like their yeah. aesthetic is very American. They have a huge American aesthetic. Um that works for a lot of people. But then I also feel like it becomes a bit boring after a while. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's about finding what you're interested in and, and the kind of visual identity you want to have through both the mood, the images, the tones, the composition. You know, and as you said, you've got plenty of time to figure it out. You know. Yeah. So yeah, no, I almost um. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> um, I actually feel like almost going to school. I know that there's gonna be a lot of um like rules they want you to follow with photography and art in general, but I almost feel like that will be kind of an opening because I'm going to be shooting things obviously I don't want to be shooting for school is I'm not going to always shoot things that I'm interested in shooting I'm not always going to be passionate about what I'm shooting but 
I'm kind of hoping that I will kind of open some doors for me because I don't typically try like a lot of new things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> sorry, I'm going off on a rant. <laughs> no, that's cool. But is there anything specific you would like to try that you haven't tried yet? Um, I mean, as I know right now would just be cinematography. I've never really tried any type of video work at all. Um, hmm. So that is definitely something I want to get into, which they have like a lot of classes there. You can major in that there. So that's cool. So I, yeah, I definitely want to try a couple of classes there for that. So I that's a really cool idea. And I think if there's one thing I would, I would definitely think that you should learn is definitely like film, like videography and just, just basic video because you can yeah. utilize that in so many different places. Of course. Yeah. And especially I feel like behind the scenes work is definitely going to get more important mm. as I um, progress kind of in my art and stuff. And I would like to make it look nice. I would like to not have to be like choppy and stuff. So, Of course. Yeah. I mean, we live in a, a world where everything is aesthetically pleasing, especially online. You know, aesthetics yes. are pretty much everything nowadays. So absolutely. So are there any particular themes in your work that you like to explore? Um. I would kind of like to explore, I guess, my anxieties more kind of in my work. Like I said, it's kind of been like the best way to express myself. And I still have a lot of anxiety. Hmm. <laughs> and so I definitely want to kind of explore more of that part of myself with my art. Because I think a lot of people, especially after the pandemic, can kind of relate to having a lot of anxiety, especially social anxiety. So. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree with that. And I think photography is always a good way because you can, because the good thing about photography for the most part is that you kind of work in isolation a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, you're kind of by yourself a lot. And I think for, for people like who are quite introverted, I don't know if you're introverted necessarily, but people who are quite I introverted, am, yes. it's quite, <laughs> yeah, like, it's quite helpful. It kind of gives you that, the space in which you can just kind of create without having to feel the pressure from anybody else to have to create. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's cool. And actually it gives me a really good, I'm sure I'll probably send it to you already. But did I send you the work in Moody Darkroom? Yes. I yes, actually I am the one I posted that and you were like, wow, this is a great artist. This I is was why, like, yes. Okay. So you're the reason I saw that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I'm glad you reminded me that you could, okay, I've got you to credit for that. Because if I actually end up, I don't know if I have, I don't have message. I don't think I've emailed him yet. If I ever do email him slash interview him, I'm going to be like, oh, by the way, Clips there, which is the reason that I know your work. Oh, I um, would be so excited to listen to that. His work is amazing. I absolutely love his work. His work is incredible. Like, it's so incredible. Like, every single image is so yeah. good. And I was like, this is just... I when, I, when I started with, yeah. shooting digital, I actually, his work was like the work I found when I was getting like a digital camera. And I was like, oh my gosh, like he started in like his own like studio, like bedroom essentially mm. too. Like... Yeah. That's crazy. His work is so good for starting off like that. And that yeah. was kind of an inspiration too for me. So Oh, and actually that's what I love about his work is that a lot of it is very DIY. It's very like yeah. what he's got around him. And the, his concepts are just so good. They are. They're um, really <laughs> But that's also a really good example of like a good technical skill and good yeah. understanding of lighting and good understanding of mood and atmosphere and colour, especially. And like, that's the kind of things you want. You want to learn all these things. You want to kind of have a good idea yeah. of like how to make images that make people stop and be like, this is cool. Um you know, talk about his work. I will talk about his work. <laughs> That's what you want. You know, his work is cool. I might message him actually. Have I messaged him? I don't think I have, but I want to because I want to interview him. It'd be great. Um, I'd be like awesome. Anyways, um, <laughs> so I'm completely rambling on 
Sorry, darling, over some guy's work. That's it's okay. Happens. I, I started on it too. <laughs> I'm just like, it's just so nice. It's just so nice to look at. Although, it is, I mean, it's very, very pretty. Then again, I, I do sometimes feel though, like it is a bit too pretty. <laughs> if you know what I mean? I don't know if that makes any sense, but it feels like it's it bit, is very perfect. Like it feels a bit it, too much. It has no. very perfect setup and everything. There, I haven't really even been able, like, I think I do this subconsciously. Sometimes I pick out like little mistakes almost to be like, yeah. see, other people make mistakes. Yeah. But like yeah. his work, I cannot pick out mistakes. And 90% of it is just, it's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> I think the only criticism I probably have is that like that dreamy, hazy edit. It's nice after yeah. the first few times. But then if you see it, it, yeah, it, it for a, bit a like, lot. Yeah. a bit like, okay, cool. We can uh, try something else now. Um, but then again, you know, that's his niche and it works for him. So fair enough, actually. Yeah. And to be fair, if I was doing creating that kind of work, I wouldn't care one bit. So, <laughs> you know, actually. But yeah, I think that's a really good uh, good inspiration, I think, there. Right. But anyway, getting off of that random tangent that yep. I'm going to absolutely cut out. <laughs> um, so how has your upbringing or life experiences played a part in the work you've created? Um, well, I grew up with like a lot of mental health issues. So like I said like work like my artwork has really been just the easiest way for me to express myself um I grew up kind of I grew up in a Catholic family that wasn't very um my stepfather wasn't really that accepting to like mental health issues like that Mm. wasn't like a thing you just need to like grow up and get over it Mm. and so that kind of made me like stuff down like my feelings and kind of how I was handling my emotional stuff. And so my artwork is definitely heavily impacted, especially my beginning artwork that I don't really have up anywhere was very heavily impacted by kind of just that. And my experience of like, I moved out when I was 17 and I lived in my car for like a month or so. And then I lived in County housing until I was probably 20. Oh, wow. So like a lot of my work is definitely inspired by just like a lot of that kind of stuff that I went through. So, yeah. 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 And of course, yeah, it's based on like your traumas and your past experiences. And and also like the interesting thing about art is that art has always been a release for a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people come to art because it's like, it's healing, you know, it's like therapy and you Mm -hmm. can kind of really, you're able to process a lot through images and kind of like, you can show a lot of emotion and kind of, there's a lot of like you know the whole adage that you know an image says a thousand words i probably butchered that but <laughs> it's actually really true especially if you're going through a lot and you don't want to talk to people about it but you can create a piece of work about it it's just yeah. an easier way to communicate with people so yeah that, that makes sense and, and i'm sorry that you you went through all that because that's not ideal um it's definitely not ideal but i'm that's also glad okay. that you're in a better <laughs> place yeah but i'm glad that you're in a better place though um yeah which is nice and also i actually really appreciate and i like the fact that you're you kind of like that hasn't held you down you know it's not like oh it's not like a sob story it's like okay this is what happened actually this is going to inspire me to create you know more work so we can talk about issues like this because that's the cool thing is that like you can really easily have this conversation with people who may be going through that now yeah so it's like and i appreciate and respect that a lot because not everybody wants to do that so yeah i appreciate that and i respect that a lot i guess some like going through all that stuff was definitely very important for who I am now. Mm. Um, Especially I had kind of an issue with my sobriety when I was younger as well. Mm. And so like 
I woke up one day and I was like, I don't want to be like this. And I got sober and I've been sober ever since. Dude, that's and amazing. So like that kind of stuff kind of just like, I don't see it as anything bad. I see it as like, that's how I grew as like a human being and how I got to where I am now. So. So I want to talk to you about your creative portraiture and also your self portraiture. Yeah. Cause it's like from a person who doesn't actually create any images at all, like, how difficult is it to find models and how kind of difficult is it to actually shoot images of yourself? Um, the models part is definitely hard, but I think it'd be easier, especially since I'm, it sounds weird, but like, since I'm a woman, I feel like it'd be way easier for me to reach out to hmm. like models that aren't, um, like in Minnesota, Minneapolis, especially we have like, um, like an actual, like a Facebook group where you can, essentially just do models for prints so like people will model for you just so and then you'll like give them prints as like part of their like payment yeah and i feel like that would definitely be harder if i was like a man shooting out of my house so yeah. i definitely have the upper hand on that but my social yeah. anxiety is just so awful that i just have such a hard time especially thinking about people coming to my house and seeing like my <laughs> my uh my studio it definitely gives me a little bit of anxiety um but like it's been okay shooting friends. Obviously, the friends don't, you know, they don't always want to do that kind of stuff. That's yeah. not like, um, especially my friend that I just recently shot. She's more into shooting than modeling. I see. Yeah, so it's kind of hard. So then I end up having to shoot myself, and in a way, it's easier to shoot myself. I know exactly what I want. I know how to pose because I did have my little like brief stint with modeling. Mm. Um. So that definitely like helped me get more comfortable in front of the camera, especially there's nobody even like there to shoot me specifically. It's just me shooting myself. So I don't care if I look stupid. Um, it's more of just the flow of the camera and definitely lighting because a lot of my lights you have to hold up. <laughs> hmm. So like if someone ever came in while I was shooting myself, you'd see like my lights hanging from like the ceiling or something like tacked into the ceiling. So like that's definitely kind of the struggle with shooting myself. <laughs> yeah i think that's a good point though in terms of lighting especially because i feel like that's the one issue if you're shooting a self-portrait is that like like where's the light come from like because yeah. if you don't have a tripod if you don't have like lights that have tripods if you don't have a, a wireless connector or like a, a remote for a timer it, it can really be a struggle yeah but i like the fact that even if you don't have any of those things you're still going out and creating work like that's still a really good thing yeah and I, do you think, because I think self-portraiture, I think is, is like a weird niche because it's something that I've always loved. It's something that I did a long time ago and I'd, I'd happily do again in the future. Yeah. Um, but I think with the rise in like selfie culture, especially, like, do you yeah. think that self-portraiture gets like a bad rep for being narcissistic? Um, I mean, I've never heard of that exactly. Like I've never had anybody like say that or um, even so much like reference that. But I could definitely see how it could, because, yeah, you're right. Like, selfie culture is just kind of crazy. <laughs> People will post, like, have whole accounts just of them, like, smiling, <laughs> like, just little yeah. poses instead of, like, actual artwork. So I could definitely see where people could consider that, like, narcissistic. Um, I mean, it's not... I guess for me, it's not like I exactly enjoy shooting myself. It's more of lack of resources. And I have an image in my head that I just, that's what I want to create. So 
It's for necessity yeah. as opposed to yeah. for any other reason. I don't exactly enjoy <clears throat> shooting myself. Like I said, it's kind of a struggle. <laughs> so I would prefer being able to like move around with the camera and get the angles that I want versus having it set up on a tripod or even like a table and just moving it around. So <laughs> no, that's fair enough. That makes sense. But I don't know. I think I don't know. I think there's for me personally, I think there's something really, really cool about South Portraiture and the idea of like playing a character. And the mm-hmm. idea of kind of like, almost kind of, it sounds weird, but like transcending yourself. Because when you look back on the image, yeah, it's you, but it's just in the likeness of you. It's not actually you. There's something yeah. really nice about that. And like, you know, like I'm really, really interested in, I guess, exploring, but just like the idea of like photographic reality. Does an image represent the reality that we live in? Because, you know, photography has always been tied up with real life. We've always considered, yeah. or people have always considered photography to be reality. You take an image of a street, it's an actual street. But there's a lot of kind of work that blurs the line between creating an image of the world and creating an image of something that's otherworldly. And like your work yeah. sits in that place as well, especially with liminal spaces in general. But just like even South Portugal sits into that place where like it's you, but it's not you. Like I definitely wear a lot of wigs in my work too. So yeah, yeah <laughs> so because, yeah, it definitely yeah. changes it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you become a character in your own world, and then you become yeah. you know this other person, and then it's just like. I don't know. I've always wondered, like, how do people, like, how do people not justify that? But how do people explain that if they're standing in front of their work in a gallery space? It's an image of them hanging on the wall, but they're also standing by the work. Like, I don't know. That sense of displacement is really interesting to me. Um, I don't know. I think I do too much thinking about photographers, but I don't. Um, So do you consider your work, because you feature a lot in your work and you shoot a lot of images of your friend who is also a female, like, do you consider your work to have themes and thoughts around like the female experience? Um, not really. No, I haven't really explored that at all. I know you interviewed another. Um, I believe she was an artist, or a, yeah, she was an artist. She would either I think she was a painter, and she exper- like she kind of looked at like the like the woman female experience. Um, yeah. I don't feel like my work even like touches that type of subject really at all besides I think just there's something I like shooting there's something about women that I like shooting I like I guess women are just easier to make kind of not liminal just kind of that otherworldly feeling I feel like it's easier to make women look like that versus like men but I also don't know like a lot of men that I would shoot or that are interested in being shot so Hmm. that's also kind of biased for me but yeah, it, it does definitely doesn't explore that type of um, subject, I feel like. Yeah, because I don't really think it necessarily does. But the reason I ask you the question is because do you ever think about, like, that's how people will just read your work? Um, Not really. I don't feel like it has any themes like that. Um, I feel like work that explores kind of, like, womanhood or just growing up dealing with a lot of things that women deal with I feel like that is very strong like you can tell that's what the work is about Hmm. versus if you try to like find that in my work if anything it'd be very wishy-washy it'd be very like 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 you said like I shoot well I shoot mostly women so (laughs) but I'm kind of curious like would you shoot more men or is that not something you're just not something you're just not interested in I think it'd be something I'd like to try um, I'll probably do some of that more in school. I guess I just don't really 
I don't really go many, very many places to interact with men. Like most of the people that I meet are either mm. like from work, which are like like the women I work with, the younger women that I work with versus like I think all of the men I work with are all like 30, 40, 50s, not really wanting to come over to my apartment and get their pictures taken. So <laughs> I think you know, actually I think you have a good point there though, to be honest. I, I actually do agree with you in that sense of like I feel like, yeah. Yeah, no, actually, I do agree with that, actually. Just thinking about, like, like people that I've shot before, and it's like you mm-hmm. have to have a very specific kind of person. Or, like, unless somebody's, like, a model, or they're, yeah. like, a, you know, then, then yeah, they'll be up for it. But if they're not, they're a bit like, well, why do you want to do that? Um, yeah. But then I also think it kind of depends. I think it really depends on what you want to explore in your work. Because I think there are some artists, like, an artist I sent you called Francois Bard, whose work is incredible. Like, his work is very much heavily... Uh, well it's not necessarily based is it based on men there's a lot of like men in his work but they're all kind of they're all kind of situated in these really strange almost liminal spaces where it's like really really dark there's only one really solid harsh light you don't see the whole of the figure you see like fragments of the figure it's all very like you're not too sure what's going on but there seems to be like some kind of interesting for me like it's really fascinating because there seems some kind of weird undertone of like broken authority but I guess, I I guess, actually, I guess a good question to ask you then would be like, do you think that images of men and images of women are received differently? I think, I guess it depends on kind of what you're shooting. Personally, I think women just seem softer and um, kind of more just... It makes the image more like flowy and soft. I feel like it depends, I guess, on like the woman you're shooting, obviously. Mm. But I, I don't know. When I think of like shooting pictures of women, I think of more dainty or like bright colors or um, like frilly, soft, flowy pictures versus more of like if I think about like shooting a man, for example, I think of kind of like liminal spaces, having the man like in the corner or like smoking a cigarette or you know something Hmm. kind of dark and shadowy and more harsh versus shooting women I guess yeah I think it'd be really interesting to see images of women in that situation though there's something interesting about that like subverting that and kind of being like oh so how can we use like like I really love hard light I think hard light is so interesting Mm -hmm. and I feel like we don't see enough but maybe I don't don't see enough images of like people shot in hard light with like Mm -hmm. really kind of like the deeper the shadows the better the image in my opinion yeah so I'm like it'd be interesting to see how you photographing different people how that affects the kind of overall mood and narrative and consideration of these images but I don't know I think you're very lucky because you're in a position now where you're able to experiment and try all these different things and and be able to just you know kind of just I say do what you want obviously within the parameters that they give you but to kind of just explore and not have to worry about like do people like this do people not like this so I want to ask you about film and digital photography because <laughs> you use both in your work. Yes. So how do you decide which to shoot? And do you have a preference? Um, I guess it's kind of hard. <laughs> so I really like film in general. If I could shoot film all of the time, I would. But for self-portraits especially, I just... I don't know if it's I'm not good enough at film yet or if it's just literally impossible, but I just don't know how I would do low light 
self-portraits on a film camera. I just, I don't know how I would set that up correctly, um, especially because I don't know how to read a light meter. So all of my mm. work that has been taken at night on my film camera, I just took a bunch of pictures of that same image, just changing the shutter speed or the exposure or okay. just messing with it until I got one that was like, it came back and I was like, yeah, that looks good. <laughs> so, fair enough. Fair enough. so yeah, I couldn't imagine trying to do portraits like that at the moment, but it's definitely something I would prefer doing is portraits on, um, especially low light. I was about to say, why low light though? Why is low light so fascinating to you? Um, I love kind of, um, especially like the film I used to shoot with. I don't remember the name of it right now, but I love kind of like the halo effect you'd get from especially uh, reds. I love like how the colors do that on their own versus me trying to like edit that in. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just, I kind of just like how it looks naturally versus an mm. edited look on it. So yeah, makes sense. But so and I say I love low light photography, but I feel like it's always a lot more mysterious and a lot more kind of just it, it kind of gives you more sense of imagination and more ambiguity. Because I feel like mm-hmm. the darkness is a character in your work as much as the actual subject. And I think that's something yeah. we don't always think about. So what are your thoughts on, you know, obviously because the whole, you know, film is better, film is more pure, digital photography is cheating. So what's your kind of thoughts on the kind of film versus digital photography debate? Personally, I could not care less <laughs> what people do with editing their pictures to look like film and they're not shooting film or whatever because not everybody is in the financial like standing to afford film afford a film camera if they already have a digital camera afford um, getting it developed every time they shoot rolls and I mean rolls have they've literally doubled in price I think the ones I used to get was like three rolls for $20 and it was like $40 last time I was even looking at them. So like, I guess, yeah, people can do whatever they want without one. I, you know, I don't feel like I can um, really judge people for wanting that film look, but doing it on a digital camera. So. Do you feel that film photography is becoming unaccessible because of the expense? Do you think it's now become like, not elitist exactly, but it's like, it's kind of like the rich kids can can do that now. Um, yeah, it kind of had like a big boom of it coming back into style. And now it is absurdly expensive. Like my Pentax K1000 I bought however long ago for like $100 that came with like six different lenses is oh. not $100 now. So no. yeah, I feel like it's definitely become more of like a, especially like I'm sure you've seen the quote, like stay broke, shoot film. Yeah. And I mean, that's great in like theory, but not really in practice for majority of people, especially when most people in America, especially are living like paycheck to paycheck. So Hmm. like, that's not really, that's not affordable for most people here. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think it's kind of, it's frustrating, I imagine, as somebody who wants to shoot film, wants to continue shooting film, if the price are only going up because other people are accessing it. It's kind of like, Nothing's really sacred anymore. Yeah. Because because commerce ruins everything in the end. And it's kind of like it's a shame that because so many people so many people find like are hopping on the trend of film photography that it impacts actual photographers who are using film. Yeah. You know? I think it's kind of uh it's not very cool, I don't think. Um I don't think it's really cool at all. But then I also kind of feel like, do you think there's a need for film photography if people can just shoot digitally and get that same film look? 
Um, I think it just really depends on the person. I personally, when I shoot film, I think I actually try harder than when I shoot digitally. I think it means more to me because I know I can't check how that picture looks right after mm. I shot it. I can't take it 12 more times. I mean, I could, but that's waste of money every time I mm -hmm. shoot that picture. So I want to make it worth the money that I just essentially spent taking it, you know, versus yeah. Yeah, digital you can just shoot away as much as you want so yeah the, the thought of not being able to look at the image once you shot it just strikes fear into my heart like i just <laughs> i just don't understand like that's just that does not make any sense to me i'll be like i want to see it straight away because i want to know if it's good <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that definitely that definitely depends on the person it is bigger for me than i'm guessing yeah for you you obviously yeah. you didn't start like that i started shooting films so that's yeah, yeah, I don't know. There's yeah. a difference for me on that. So, do you have a dream photo shoot you would like to create or a dream travel location you'd like to visit? Well, I would like to visit the UK <laughs> eventually to shoot there because I, I, yeah, I love the architecture there. Um, I don't know. It's so hard because I think American architecture is just really boring and I am hmm. really big in like, especially brutalist architecture. Yeah. Um, and like Russia, Germany, I love that type of architecture mm. a lot. Um, and we just don't really have that here. So that would definitely be kind of like my dream places to go to take pictures and stuff. Um, but yeah, otherwise maybe just work in the desert too. Um, like I've seen a lot of photographers do not maybe portraits, but um, a lot of like pictures in the desert with people. Um, stuff like that I love the desert I think the desert is beautiful so yeah I mean I, so Arizona is one of those places I really want to go to it's one of my yeah. destinations to go to and at some point I will eventually at some point I'll come over to America that is my plan maybe maybe next year maybe the year after it costs a lot of money so it just depends I got but you yeah where about in the UK would you like to travel to um honestly not super sure yet because like it is to come to America it's super expensive to go yeah there so I'm kind of just sticking with America right now. I do want to go back to Arizona again. Um, mm. I was actually born there, so I've yeah. been there quite a few times because my um, my dad's my dad lives there and his whole family. Um, but yeah, no, Arizona is beautiful, so I would like to definitely shoot there sooner than later, hopefully. But <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think the one thing that I think a lot of photographers struggle with is and I kind of I feel like maybe you in the sense of you saying America is boring or like the landscape is boring or architecture is boring is that you're very boxed in by your geography yeah you're very boxed in by where you are like I have a, a cool friend called Ryan Taylor who I'm sure you know um, yes and he's from Canada I might have got the wrong one I'm pretty sure he's from Canada um, <laughs> and I remember that when I interviewed him and you probably had the interview but he was saying that like his frustration is that he's shot everywhere he can shoot in his vicinity yeah and it's hard yeah, for him to like travel that. out. Yeah, it's hard for him to travel out and go to different places to shoot manuages. And it's like we forget that it's really, really hard to find meaning and interest in the things around us when when you've shot all these images. Because you know, when you start out, you just wander around, and you take pictures, and you yeah. you know you have fun and you do stuff. But like, there comes to a point where you want to do more, but you're held back by your geography. And I think we don't really think about like the kind of limitations we have geographically. You know, I don't know. There's something interesting about that. Like, I'm traveling right now, which is cool because I get to travel around and go to different places and stuff, but not everyone can afford to do that. And yeah, it's, it's damn expensive. Um, but not everyone can afford to do that. But it's just kind of like, how do you try and 
find photographic images around you? Like, do you go out, like, do you actually go out and take images? Like, do you actually go out and force yourself to take images? Or do you, wait, actually, I guess the best way to ask the question is like, do you plan what you're going to shoot? Or do you go out spontaneously in photograph? Um, I pretty much just go out spontaneously in photograph. Um, like a while ago, I found that kind of like falling down, falling apart. Strip yeah. I just found that on a whim. I didn't. How? How did you I just... was just driving around for about an hour and I was about to turn around and go home and I drove right past it. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> what is that? So, yeah. And there's I mean, there's a lot of that, especially in the Midwest, a lot of like stuff that's falling apart. That's just on the side of the road. It's just a matter of driving to these small towns that you would normally just drive through and like driving around in them. That's and insane. That's, that's kind like, of the hardest part of that. <laughs> like, that's insane because I don't drive because, yeah. funnily enough, like, I don't need to. Yep. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm, I know. I'm learning. <laughs> like, I'm learning to, but I don't need to and I don't, which I think is a huge hindrance, but it's also a great thing. But it's also funny because it's like, to me, the idea that you can just literally drive down the road, I say literally, you know, you drive down the road <laughs> somewhere and you stumble across, like, an empty strip mall because we don't have strip malls here. And yeah. it's just like, that's like bizarre to me when I saw that I was like this is insane because it was really cool it was so cool and I was like it makes me feel like ever since I love to do it but it makes me want to just literally drive around and just find these really cool small little places people like you know um it's like Henry Phillips what he does he goes like small Portuguese towns that no one's ever heard of and shoots images and nobody loves them um but it just makes me feel like the idea of exploration is so important in photography how important is the idea of exploration in your work pretty important i feel like my work is definitely a little weird (laughs) a little bit on the weirder side especially my portrait work but like i want to see things obviously like a big part of my work is seeing things that i don't see other people make Hmm. um whether that's portraits or just places that are around me that i like to capture because i have quite a few places um especially there's a small town not too far from me that I go to quite a bit um, to take pictures of. And yeah, I don't know. I guess, especially landscape stuff, all of it is just exploration. I never really know where I'm going to end up typically when I'm just driving around. Um, I actually plan tomorrow to get up at like 6 a.m. and go drive around before the sun comes up so I can take some cool Mm. pictures and find some cool places. But yeah. (laughs) But that's really nice though. And I, I actually really respect the fact that you want to do that because it's not yeah. an easy thing to do like like having to not just getting about it because damn that's hard but like just the idea of like kind of going out and creating because it's actually really really hard because I don't know about you but I've definitely in the past been very guilty of being like yeah I'll do it tomorrow or like yeah I'll just do it tomorrow and then tomorrow the next day I'm like yeah I'll just do it tomorrow and you yeah. never eventually actually do stuff because you're like yeah I'll, no you know you make excuses like oh now's not the right time or oh I'm not in the mood or you know whatever like, but the fact that you're actually going to go out and do stuff, I have a lot of respect for that. But like, how do you kind of hold yourself accountable for creating work? Um, I really don't feel like I do. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was gone for like, I think, probably like a month off of like almost all of my social media. Um, I guess it, it really just comes in waves. I have times where I literally don't, I forget like how to make things like I just I can't seem to put anything together that looks right I hate everything I'm making and I have other times where like I think where I got back from my trip last time I had like 
six or seven ideas that just like rapid fire that I just posted all like one after another. Um, so I don't know. I try to be like gentle with myself on that with I'm not always going to be in the mood to make things. And I know that forcing it for me just makes me really frustrated. So, yeah, absolutely. Because you have to enjoy what you're doing. That's the biggest yeah. part, because if you're not enjoying it, it's just not going to happen and you're just going to be frustrated. But do you have any particular routines that help you create? create your work or have you focus on creating work um I feel like mine would definitely be I take three days a week off of work um which I'm super grateful I have the luxury of doing that because I still work full-time working four That's days insane. That's insane. so it's really nice because it's like I have that first day off that I can just relax and lay around and do nothing or do like yes. you know laundry stuff I have to get done and then the next day I can spend the whole day shooting if I want, because I know I still have another day off of okay. whatever I need to get done. If I need to relax, cause that was stressful for some reason. Cause it is tiring shooting obviously, as you know. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's kind of my routine to make sure that I like, I'm taking care of myself enough that I have the energy to continue shooting. So. Yeah. You know, actually, I think that's actually a really important point. The idea of like giving yourself the time to do things. And like yeah. having, like making the space to do things and, and making the time to do things because that's actually really good. And actually, I think that's a great setup. I'm actually extremely jealous of that setup <laughs> because I'm like, I really wish, like, I'm very lucky. Like, I have two days off in a row from work and I'm very lucky because yeah. not everybody has that. And my shifts are always the same. So I'm, I'm very, very lucky. But I also would love an extra day off work. That would be so good. Yeah. Like, I can get so much more done. Um, yeah, no, so that's, that's, that's like, kind of oh. why I started taking that off is I was just too tired to make work after working five or yeah. six days in a row and I was like I can't do this so and actually that's a good question to ask you I can't remember where I put it on this list but like how do you balance shooting images and having a job um well I'm pretty lucky my job is really flexible um I I don't know I work by myself like a lot in the daytime hmm. Cause I am like the opening manager. So I'm by myself, which hmm. as I said, I've like, I'm very introverted. And so working by myself doesn't really drain me as much as I'm sure if I was working with like a bunch of other people all the time. So I definitely get lucky when I come home. I'm not always as drained as probably maybe you are. I don't know if you work with people a lot and if it's really draining for you. So yeah, no, I definitely get lucky with that. So I'm kind of curious, like how you shoot images? Like, do you shoot work in series or do you shoot a lot of images at once and then kind of figure out how they fit with one another um I kind of shoot all at once um I've only ever like shot the same kind of idea twice which is mm -hmm. when I shot the like the black and white my first black and white ones that I did that's the yeah. only one that I did like a separate shoot for um but otherwise I normally shoot all of my stuff at once and then I just kind of post it as I edit it so so how do you actually stay organized with shooting new work versus editing old work now, do you edit straight away after you've shot images or do you it depends. Wait? <laughs> depends if I really liked it or not if I'm really excited about the work that I just shot I will literally edit it right away like yeah as soon as I get home no matter how late it is no matter how like what I have going on I That's will just same. sit down and edit it but of I don't really like care for it, but I still think it's like good. I'll probably take like a day or two before I edit it, but I always edit like I um I'll send my work to my phone from my camera hmm. and I will actually edit that before I upload anything else from my camera. 
like whatever okay. my most recent work is. Oh, so, so I, I'm always interested in how people edit their work and like your workflow when it comes to editing because I just find it really interesting because everyone has such a different take. Like that's a really interesting idea. Like have you ever, but I'm kind of curious, like have you ever just like sat on your work for a month and not actually touched it in terms of editing? Um, Yeah, I actually have like a lot of stuff that I would like to go back on and maybe look at again. Um, I actually did a shoot in a studio with one of my friends that I liked a couple of the pictures, but I never really went back on it. Um, mm. So I would like to go back on that and maybe just edit some of them to see how they turn out. Um, yeah, I don't know. Typically, if I am going to post something or if I like something, it is already on my phone by the time I'm done shooting. So. <laughs> oh, that's insane. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> so actually, I don't think I put this. No, so how many images do you actually typically shoot if you're working in digital especially? Um, I guess it depends on what I'm doing. If I'm doing landscape, I can shoot anywhere from like 10 to 50. Hmm. Um, if I'm doing portraits, I typically only shoot maybe 20 or less. Um, I try to set up every picture. Um, so they're literally like what I want. Perfect. Right Hmm. there. That's it. I don't really try to like take the picture at all unless it's set up, um, like essentially like final work shot <laughs> okay yeah and like how do you choose how to edit an image I don't really know yet <laughs> I kind of just play around with whatever, whatever I think looks good I haven't really done too much editing so yeah <laughs> so um, I was thinking about the other day just wipe out this interview I was like I want to ask somebody about this oh interview clips I'll ask her um but like, do you think that like Instagram filters and having access to presets have kind of made it harder to figure out how to have like an editing style? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely has. There's so many different ways to edit and none of them are very like obviously unique because they're all on different apps. You could just hit it and it completely changes a bunch of stuff on your picture. So yeah, it's definitely way too many options. (laughs) I think it'd be easier almost if I just went into like photoshop and messed with things myself i just don't know enough about photoshop yet um yeah. to really like do that there's so much on there that is so confusing <laughs> yeah i advise to learn it like why not learn it um but actually so so what are your thoughts on composite images so like images that are not straight out of camera so maybe somebody's like added a sky in or maybe someone has shot like three different poses and then combined them together in photoshop um Personally, not exactly like my cup of tea. I think it'd be interesting to mess with a little bit, Hmm. but I don't know. I guess I'm like really set on minimal editing in most of my stuff. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I know you saw my like past my film work. I really didn't edit like a lot of that. I really like like very limited editing pictures. So. Do you think that people rely too much on editing nowadays? I think they can. Yeah, I. There's something about like completely changing a photo where it doesn't even look like where you took the picture that I just I almost don't like. There's some things that you can definitely edit in that will, like, enhancing it almost. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You can definitely go too far with editing now because they have. There's so much that you can edit. 
like you said, like completely like putting in a new sky or even like I messed around a little bit with Photoshop when I was younger and I literally put like mountains in the desert and like this really weird sky in the background and it all like flowed together and it was very odd. <laughs> but I guess that's kind of cool though. I think I, I kind of guess that, that like, I think composite editing is actually really, really interesting. Some I would love to learn how to do, but I just don't have the patience. But yeah. I also kind of feel like it's really interesting because it kind of plays around, or at least it kind of sits in this weird middle ground between digital art and photography. It's kind yeah. of really neither. It's it's kind of a digital product but made by photo- photographic methods. Um, and I think there's something really nice about that, actually. I think something that's kind of, it's something nice about taking an image that's based in real life that changes it so that so it comes as a worldly place. You know, there's a lot of photographers I like, like, who am I thinking of? So people like Passe, people like Violent Purity, people like Lawrence Hardy. I don't know if you know any of these people. People like Lawrence Hardy, people like Henry Film, go back to Henry Film. Yeah. Like, they take images, but because they're editing, like, the colours they use, and like the way in which they like, they might like blur a scene or they might have, you know, kind of really interesting perspectives, changes, makes the images look very kind of either painterly or very otherworldly. And like, is that yeah. sense of otherworldly important to you? It is. Um, I guess, I think the biggest thing for me is I really like otherworldly that is very natural, like, I'll go somewhere and I can feel that kind of feeling. Uh, yeah. Like when I, when I go to like a laundromat, for example, in like the middle of the night, I like how it feels so otherworldly without me having to do a lot to it because I feel like that translates really well. So. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Is that, are there any kind of specific locations that you like to shoot? At? Like any of that you haven't been before, like say at night, for instance, that you would love to go to. Um, I would love to go to the cities at night that are near me, um, mm. but I was not raised in the cities, so mm. I do not know which parts of the cities you do not want to go to, because yeah. um, yeah. we do have like a pretty yeah. high crime rate in the cities that are near me, um, but at some point, it would be nice eventually to be able to kind of explore the cities, especially at night. I think they'd be so so beautiful to shoot. They have so many cool places, but... Yeah, I don't know when that's going to happen. So, is there an image that you regret not shooting? Or a missed opportunity that you still think about? Um, yeah, there's a lot. I don't really take a lot of the pictures that I want to just because, like, I'm anxious about it. Like, I have seen, like, a lot of, like, cool, um, like, maybe people have, like, cool lights on in their house and it looks really eerie. I won't take a picture because I just feel like that's so like invasive, even though I know like plenty of other photographers do it. I feel like mm. it's so invasive for me to do. Um, otherwise, like, especially on the highways, I don't know what it is about like highways here at night, but I just, I love them. I think they're so cool looking, but you can't just pull over and take a picture on the highway, unfortunately. So, mm. cause it's like illegal. So if a cop passes by, you can get a lot of trouble for just like pulling over to take a picture. Um, and I kind of just try to avoid dealing with that. So, yeah, yeah, no. So <laughs> that's kind of the stuff that I regret not being able to take a picture of. See, that's actually really interesting, though. I think especially, like, not wanting to take pictures of people's houses. Because I feel like that's such a, in many ways, I feel like it's a, it's a, now like a stereotype trope of, like, images I see. Although people do it amazingly. People like J.C. Fox as well. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, and even, like, Todd Heider, going back to kind of the classic Todd Heider 
like you know house hunting or whatever but i think why do you feel like it's invasive because it's just somebody's house i i don't know i guess i see like my home as like an extension of me almost like i mm. would feel weird if somebody was taking pictures of my windows i don't know why i would feel weird especially if they were closed like the curtains were closed but for some reason it just gives me such like a weird like feeling like i shouldn't be doing that so i just yeah, yeah i don't know no, i've just always yeah. like avoided doing it actually that's one thing that i've actually <laughs> very much learned the hard way of like how suspicious you look taking pictures i've yeah. never thought about that <laughs> but it's like i always forget how suspicious shooting images are and i think if you're shooting stuff at night like houses and stuff it can be a bit like what you're doing yeah yeah I so i yeah. Especially, I don't live in the cities, but I live very close to them. So I uh, feel like people are definitely more suspicious out here. Like you see like ring doorbell footage on like the neighborhood app mm. of like, who are these people that are by my house at this weird time of night? And I'm like, okay, I don't think I want to join that list of people. <laughs> so I am quite okay. That's weird that you have like neighborhood apps. That's weird that like, you have like, yeah, I think, is, have, it, is it like next door? Is it called yep. next door? Yeah, like that makes no sense to me. I don't know if we have that here. We might do, but I feel like in America, everybody's a bit more connected. I feel like here they're not. Like, I, I don't, don't think know if it's so far connected. It's more of like everyone's really nosy oh, okay. about what's going on with other people. Like if there's like a crime or not crime, but like if there's like a car crash, like there'll yeah. be like 50 comments of people being like, are the people involved okay? Are they okay? Like, it's not unfortunately not really your business yeah, <laughs> like you're like, not yeah. directly impacted by it so i don't know why you're like it's people that haven't even like seen the like car accident they just That's saw somebody is. else's post of does anyone know what happened in this car accident on this road and it's like <laughs> that's weird like whereas in here you just drive past it really slowly yeah, that's all yeah, you do. You'll stare at it. <laughs> yeah which is that's weird i think that's weird you know, then... here they have a whole app for asking everyone everyone else's uh business so yeah what image are you the most proud of um i think probably my first like creative portraits that i did on my account i think of they they were actually of my friend cat um i had just kind of gotten done with the modeling thing and i had a really bad experience actually with the modeling stuff and so i i don't know i almost thought about kind of just like giving up art in general like photography because I was just like yeah I don't think I'm cut out for this hmm. but I decided to kind of shoot the portrait stuff because that was kind of what I was working on with the photographer I was working on and I really enjoyed it and so I think that was kind of like it's probably my favorite picture that I've taken even though they're not probably the best yeah. they're definitely like very beginner because I've never I'd never really shot like a lot of portraits before that but yeah probably my favorite <laughs> but, and that's nice because that's like you can look back and be like, this is where I started. And it, yeah. it gives you the kind of motivation to be like, okay, maybe I, I was at that point where I didn't really want to continue. I wasn't sure if I wanted to continue. And then because I did, now everything you've done since is because you decided to continue. Yeah. Like, that's good though. I like that. And I also like that you're like, they're not the best, but they mean something to you, which is very important. Yeah, it's kind of why I've kept them up is just because it was kind of like a turning point almost, mm. I feel like, in my art for me. So... So what kind of skills does somebody need to to have to be a good photographer? Oh boy. Um, I think probably just like a good eye. Like I feel like a lot of my stuff is all set up just by me looking through like the lens and seeing how it looks on camera. 
and that's just kind of how I put my stuff together. I don't specifically plan it out in any way. It's kind of just like thinking on the go and kind of like mushing stuff together until it works. <laughs> but yeah, I'm probably not being too critical of yourself because that yeah. is very damaging, I feel like. Yeah, because I think I think it's easier to to forget that we're all at very different places when we're yeah. creating work. Like some people have been creating work for years and they just do it without thinking about it. Other people need to have the time to actually sit down and think what they're doing. And I think yeah, it's very easy to look at an image and be like, "Oh, this is good. This is bad." But we don't actually think about kind of like the person creating it. I think sometimes I think with photography, especially, and I'm definitely guilty of this for sure. We don't really think about kind of the thought and effort and time that went into creating that image we just say oh this is a really nice image like this is a of cool course, petrol yeah. station or this is a cool you know picture of a really cool highway which i'm like this is awesome but you don't think <laughs> about actually this person has taken time to produce this it's not just yeah. a case of it's made they've gone out into the environment to shoot this image they've edited this image they've uploaded this image i think sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit as photographers for the fact that we're actually creating stuff yeah i don't know sometimes i look at my pictures and i'm like thinking about how easy it was to set up. And I think about like, actually I had to get up or I had to like do this after I worked 13 hours and mm. set up a whole set and then take, like get all dressed up for it, do my makeup for it, put on a wig and yeah. do this picture and then put the, all of that away. Cause I'm just, I am very clean. So like mm. I put all of that away as soon as I'm done shooting. And then I like go through and edit it. And I forget that that's a lot of work actually. Like yeah. that's a lot of time. <laughs> Yeah, because I think because, you know, a lot of the general public take an image on their phone, throw a photo on it, upload it within like two minutes. Mm -hmm. That's not photography. That's taking an image. I think when it comes to making an image, I think that's a very different skill set. I think that's a very different kind of way of working. I think we just forget that photography is an art form. Photography takes time. But it, I don't know, like, I always go back and forth because I feel like it's very easy to look, even your own work. You can look at your own work and be like, oh, this isn't that great. But then you just forget like it's history. It's like the things, like the place you were, like both yeah. physically and literally. It's like a document of the place you were as a, as a person at that moment in time, as opposed to like you're in a different place now. There's nothing mm -hmm. interesting about that. I don't know. There's nothing interesting about looking at your work and being like happy with it. Are you happy with your work? Currently, yeah. I would like to see like a little bit more from myself in terms of like lighting and just general like setups, but I have seen kind of like my old work and how far I've come, especially in portraits. So hmm. yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty content with how it's going, I guess. <laughs> so I actually think it's a really good thing that you're happy with your work. So I think that's really kind of like, I think that's one of the hardest things to do is be happy with what you're shooting because yeah. there's just, it's so easy to be disheartened and distracted by like just, you know, a lot of other people and a lot of kind of amazing seeing, you know, seeing so much of their amazing work. So like, how do you keep yourself motivated to keep creating new work? And like, do you ever worry or have that kind of self doubt of like, oh, my work isn't good enough. Oh, I'm not chewing the work I want. Um, I mean, I feel like everybody has that at some point with their work, you know, like they feel like their work maybe isn't good enough, but I don't know, I guess like sometimes I get in these ruts where I like look at other people's work and I'm like, oh, I should do that. Mm. But I have to take it a step back and be like, I want to create my work. And I know it's not always going to be like every time I shoot, it's going to turn out great. 
because I'm creating something new. I'm not creating something I've seen before. Mm. And so I try to just like keep that in my head, almost like, oh, you're going on charted territory. Like it's not going to be like an easy, every time you shoot is going to be perfect. It's a lot of, I guess, experimenting with how I can do what I want to do with what I have. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're using the things that are available to you and, you know, other people might have more money. They might have less money. They might have more access to better locations or better equipment or better props or better models and it's like you don't have that so rather than aspire to be something that you're not it's better to try and do something you can do like i'm a i'm a huge fan of that idea of like create with what you have not with what you want because then they're like the things mm-hmm. that you if you can use the stuff you have you could then eventually use the stuff you want you know otherwise you're going to always kind of feel like you're never reaching your full potential when actually you're, you know creating anything is a start I think that's a thing that I've I've definitely learned is like just yeah. get out and create and then don't worry about if it's good, don't worry about if it's perfect, don't worry about if it's if it's amazing because it's the start. You just need to kind of get into the routines and the mindset of, of being able to keep creating, you know, and being consistent. Well, like I almost see it as if like, yeah, I don't have like great like equipment now. Besides, like I think my camera is pretty decent for like at home stuff but like I think about like imagine what I can do in the future once I learn more Mm. and I have all the equipment that maybe people that I look up to have versus trying to like weigh myself down with I my work doesn't look as good as somebody else's well yeah they have this many years of experience and all of this professional quality equipment like yeah it's not going to look as good probably but I think you've actually done it a good way around (laughs) though because it's very different to have the knowledge but not have the equipment than it is to have the equipment but not have the knowledge. Because the knowledge is something you can always learn and it's something that you can yeah. you will constantly learn for the rest of your life. The equipment comes with a price. And because you already paid that price, you've got it now. It's yours. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, it depends on what you need and what you feel like you need. Like, but no, I think, I think with gear as well, though, I think it depends on, like, if you want to sell prints, for instance, or if you want to you know have your work displayed in magazines or on billboards or whatever that you'll need equipment to reflect that but then but then actually, course, i also yeah. feel like well guess a, um, how can i say this topic how can i broach this topic in the best way possible like do you think because to <laughs> me there's been like a huge revolution in disposable cameras being used to take images and people using like yeah really cheap slash kind of outdated methods to take images like i saw like a camera re- recently yeah. that was like paper thin and was supposed to look look like film photos but like it had no settings at all it was just like a paper thin like camera yeah it was very odd it was like twenty dollars and i was like what is happening yeah i mean okay i guess what i'm trying to say is like do you think that we're in because it's in that aspect of the day so i talk about often in terms of these interviews in terms of nostalgia and like do you think that we are at a point in society where especially photographers have kind of become very entranced with the idea of nostalgia so that they're using like really old digital cameras that are like twenty dollars to create images as opposed to using professional grade equipment um yeah i feel like i don't know what happened but like we Hmm. suddenly went back to like 90s stuff it seems like the last couple of years which like i am perfectly cool with i think it's cool but yeah we've definitely like taken quite a big step back in that sense um 
there's nothing mm. wrong with it. I've just seen so much of it <laughs> that it's it's gotten like a little tiring. <laughs> yeah, because to me, like there seems to be not constantly, but there seems to be a big shift or at least a big trend in images that aren't actually high quality at all. Yeah. And images that are just created for the sake of being created, not because they actually have any depth to them. Like I don't know if you agree with that or not. Yeah. I you know, I can think about like I can picture more images that people have taken and tried to like hmm. create the atmosphere around them versus pictures that people have taken on like crappy point and shoots yeah. that have no meaning other than them just taking picture. I can't even yeah. really think of any of those so yeah no i definitely get what you mean <laughs> maybe it's i maybe it, i can just go on tiktok because i'm old and i don't care about tiktok but i feel like maybe it's just tiktok and i feel like <laughs> just this idea of like i don't know it just seems like photography has been very condensed down to like a few different things i don't know if that makes any sense or if i'm just making any sense but i don't yeah. know there's something about photography that you know i love photography but it just seems to be Everything seems to be like, oh, hazy nostalgia. Oh, let's shoot stuff that's really nice and like filmy. Let's shoot stuff that's very dreamy. Let's shoot stuff that's very otherworldly. And I'm very guilty of that. My work definitely follows into follows yeah. suit to that somehow, in some way. But I'm like, I wonder what comes next. You know, like what's the next trend? What do you think? Then actually, what do you think yeah. the next trend will be? Oh God, I have no idea. Oh, what would you like to see in terms of like a trend? Is there anything you think that we should give pay more attention to? Um, I guess, I don't know. It's hard. I, I really like like basic old photography, I guess, of like small town stuff like that. Um, but I don't know. I really like cinematic work, but I actually heard your interview with somebody else and they were talking about their work, um, as like a cinematic, you asked them if they thought of their work as cinematic and they had, yeah. they didn't know what you meant by that and that's by Mara, i think it was yes that's who it was and i really like thought about that because i used to call my work cinematic a lot Mm. and then i listened to that and i was like actually that's really interesting i haven't really thought of it like that like i really enjoy cinematic i'd like to see it more but i guess i don't actually know what i would consider cinematic if that makes mm. sense, I would. No, yeah, that does make sense. Because he asked me, and I was a bit like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> "You're like, oh, <laughs> I, I don't know, I guess." <laughs> yeah, but I yeah, like, uh... I I would like to see uh... stuff that I literally go, "Yeah, that is that is cinematic. That is straight out of like, straight out of like a movie almost." You know. But why does that intrigue you? Um, I don't know. I guess a big part of like photography for me is like mood. Um, is about being able to like translate a mood into a picture or like a vibe into the picture and like feel that like in yourself almost you know versus like oh I'm just looking at a picture yeah absolutely like absolutely I think that's I don't know because I live cinematic imagery Mm -hmm. it's something I've always loved and I think it's something I see all the time and and to the point that I feel like I'm a bit sick of it now yeah because but then again I'm like that comes down to like composition to lighting to editing yeah especially like editing and tones but I don't know, it's just like, it's something I'm really sick of, but at the same time, like, I also do it myself, so I'm not clearly not that <laughs> sick of it. So I don't know. I don't know. So I would actually suggest mm-hmm. actually looking at, at art that is cinematic as opposed to photography that's cinematic. Yeah. Because I kind of feel like if you look at art that's cinematic, and by that I mean like painting, mm-hmm. because I feel like 
cinematic photography is is kind of overdone and yeah. like you're never going to learn anything new by looking at what other people have already done if you look at it in a different medium then I think you will kind of gain more knowledge like for instance you're going to look at more films and actually do a bit more filmmaking yeah that will improve your photography so much more because you'll have access and, and, and ideas you'll have access to the ideas of how a camera moves so yeah. you'll know oh actually how can I apply this in a still image I think your work is going to absolutely evolve over the next few years but like in the best way possible and I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing that happen as well but I think <laughs> it's going to be super cool I think it's going to be really cool do you feel like you're part of a larger art community um yes and no I guess I think it's hard because I don't exactly go out of my way all the time to like mm. communicate with people but like I'll ask for like advice or something on my story or I'll ask for like constructive criticism and people will literally like just message me like people I haven't talked mm. to in like months on Instagram will like message me and be like hey here's what I think about this and I don't know I think that kind of makes it feel like a bigger part of like a community because I know like if I have a question about something like for instance I asked um, how people get their videos onto their phone from their cameras Hmm. I had like five different people (laughs) all send me different ways that they do that and it's so yeah I don't know it gives like a sense of community I guess so yeah and how important is is kind of burning community for you like i do you want would you rather be part of a community or would you rather be the center of a community um definitely part of a community i i don't really like being the center of attention anyways <laughs> but mm. i feel like you can learn so much more from being like a part of a community than like the center um like i guess like if i look at like your work like you would be the center mm. of like the flying fruit bowl right yeah well, yeah. You obviously learn like a lot from the people, but you're meeting so many people that you have to be so overwhelmed. And meanwhile, I can kind of consume your content at whatever yeah. rate that I want. And I can listen to your podcast and like actually soak in who you're talking with, like what their yeah. work is. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like I learn more that way. Yeah, that's actually, as funny as it is, that's actually a good analogy. Um, <laughs> because I was going to say, like, as a photographer, I feel like, if you want to be quote unquote a popular photographer, yeah. I feel like you end up being a community around yourself and your work. And it's not necessarily about other people, it's about yourself. But obviously it's about other people, but it's also about yourself. I think that's kind of like a slippery slope, I think some photographers fall into. Somebody like, for instance, like Todd Heido, who people know, like he has a following. It's almost like a court following in that sense. You yeah. Know? It's like people like there are people who are like diehard fans of his work, which you know, I understand why, because his work is cool. But I don't know, this idea of like at what point as a photographer, as an artist, like there's like, do you and your audience merge? Because, you know, you're shooting stuff to please yourself, but then you also want to please an audience, especially yeah. if you want to sell work. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you have any thoughts in terms of like, at what point does an artist and the audience merge? Um, I guess I haven't thought of it a ton, considering like I try to shoot my work for myself. Obviously that mm. doesn't always go across great, <laughs> but mm. That's kind of my main goal, especially as I don't have like a great style or like a big following at all or anything. So I guess I haven't really thought too much of how you kind of merge your work into your audiences, you know. <laughs> but like is selling is like having gallery shows, selling prints, being kind of like a fine art photographer, something you're interested in? I think it will be. I just don't want to put that kind of pressure on my work at oh. all. 
anytime soon, yeah. I guess. I, right. Yeah. Like you said, I have right. like a lot of free time right now to kind of like experiment. So. Yeah. Yeah. So like for the next like three years, you're going to just focus on creating work. Yeah. And then from there, you're going to figure out what you're doing with it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Which, you know, listen, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm spending these last year and this year. I'm just shooting work, not even thinking about it. And then next year, I'll think about what I'm doing with it. Because it's like, yeah. do you want to make a photo book? Do you want to make a zine? Do you want to have a gallery show? Like, you know, I think that's the one thing I feel like, actually we'll go into social media in a second, but I think that's the one thing that problem we have is that I think social media makes us always feel like everything we shoot, we need to show. Yeah. And everything we do, we need to have, we need to constantly be doing stuff. And it's like, well, actually it's nice to sit with your work for a year and not show it to anybody and not look at it. And then yeah. think about how you're going to feel about it next year, because the, the way you feel about your work now will change. So in a year's time, you'll look back on your work and you might like it more, you might like it less. Of course, yeah. So I don't know. I think if there's one really good thing that I've learned is that like just don't post anything for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're and see how you feel about your work. Like don't share your work. Just mm-hmm. like I, that, I'll share my work, so I can't really say. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Like, I don't know. Like, I have weird opinions on, on like sharing work and posting work and and just Instagram and stuff. But anyway, that's it's not about me, it's about you. So we'll go with that. So anyways. <laughs> So yeah, moving on to shifting to social media slightly. What are your thoughts on social media and how does it impact your work? Um I kind of hate it, honestly. I I wish there was a different way for me to show my work than like the pressure almost of social media because so people are so mm-hmm. like caught up on like followers and stuff like that. I almost feel like maybe my art wouldn't be given the time of day because I don't have as many followers as like bigger accounts. Mm-hmm like maybe i like a bigger account's picture but they like look at my account quick and they see oh you only have like 500 followers like whatever and they don't ever look at your work even though it might be something they're really interested in um i yeah i don't know i guess it's impacted my work too because as much as i do try to shoot for myself a lot of my work is definitely shot in like the image of i wonder if other people are going to like this or if you know, if this is going to, if this is going to get a lot of likes compared to what I shot last week, I, you know, I don't know. I kind of hate social media for that reason. <laughs> yeah. I think it is kind of weird how we have, how we've kind of distilled our self-worth down to the tap of a phone yeah. screen. It's like, if somebody likes your work, you're like, oh great, they like it. But we don't, I, I think we forget like people are just on social media to waste time. Yeah. They're not, they're not necessarily there to to go in depth about people's work and to of kind course, of spend because yeah. you know who has the time to message loads of people at once and have really in-depth conversations like there's yeah. a reason we're doing this on zoom not instagram you know and i'm kind of curious like do you think instagram is a good place for photographers to share their work um yes and no i guess i feel like people just glance at your, your work i don't feel like it's ever actually like looked at like you put so much time into an image and it's maybe looked at for like three seconds and someone will like, like mm. it or maybe, maybe comment if they really like it. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard because I feel like the best place for your work really would be like a gallery, but you don't mm. always have the time or the energy or the money even. Cause you know, they yeah. obviously have you pay for like submissions. So yeah, no, I wish there was like a better way to share work that it was actually like people would actually take in your work versus just, oh, there's another picture, <laughs> you know? I think that's why websites are important personally. Yeah. Because I think there's 
for me, there's nothing better than going on a person's website and actually just like taking the time to look through their work. Mm-hmm. And also the great thing about websites is that that's how you, you can choose to showcase your work in the way you want. You're mm-hmm. not adhere, you don't have to adhere to any rules by any social media sites. Um, but I, I really agree with that. I think, I think it's kind of, it's something that I think about a long time actually, in terms of like, what is a good place to share photography? Because I think, and even art in general, but especially photography, because I think photography, it already doesn't have the best reputation of being like an art form. I think a yeah. lot of people still haven't really kind of gotten into the mindset that photography is, is art. But I'm always kind of curious, like, like I don't know, like there, there has to be a better place than Instagram. Yeah. To show your work. Because it, it's just such a small, like, they're just, like, an image is so, only so big on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And if you shoot images that are, like, really detailed, like, how do you get that across? You know, it, it's hard, I think. I think it's really hard, actually. Yeah. Something I need to look into. I'm like, mm, I should figure that out. <laughs> um, I, I, there was a point, like, a year ago that I was like, I should make a new social media site. It's never going to happen. Yeah. But I was like, I should do that because that'd be great. Because it costs, like, 50 grand to start or something stupid like that. Oh, and I'm wow. like, yeah. I don't have that kind of money. And even if I did, I'd be doing something else with that money. Um, <laughs> unless somebody wants to crowd from that, I'd be like, um, <laughs> oh, God. But, you know, I don't know. Because one thing I'm thinking about at the minute is like community. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, how can I build? Because, you know, I have a, but that's not big headed. Like, I have a lot of connections with a lot of different people. Like, I talk to a lot of different people. Yeah. But like, how would, how, how can I get them all together? I think that's important. Because it's great for me to know different people, but I know people who would get go, you know, get along really well with other people. And you know, I can link you to like you know, twenty million different people. But it doesn't <laughs> mean you're gonna actually message them, or they'll message you. Yeah. So at the minute, I'm thinking like maybe creating like I don't know if it's gonna happen, but maybe like some kind of WhatsApp or Discord server for like just kind of artists. I don't know if that's gonna happen. But something I'm thinking about. I don't know if it's gonna happen though. That would be fun. I just, just feel like we need more community. Don't burn yourself out because <laughs> you're doing so much all at once. But the, the weird thing for me is that I don't feel like I do enough, which sounds weird. I generally don't feel like I do enough. Like, yeah. There's so much more I want to do. Like, I want to do, like, artist promos. I want to create reels for artists. I want to do exhibition tours. <laughs> I want to, you know, there's so much I want to do. Um, but I just need the time and I need the money and I just need to, I don't know, need to do this full time. But then I also don't want to do it full time. So yeah. I'm like, we'll see um anyways moving on so i have a question here for you from an artist that i know called ruben granero garcia and okay. um it's an interesting question because he's not the part i haven't interviewed him yet but he's somebody that i spoke to on instagram a while ago and we were talking about audiences mm-hmm. and the idea of creating wealth and he had a question i said to him if you ask me the question i said i'll put it on the podcast and i actually want to ask you i think it'd be good to ask you but he says his question is does having to present your work to reach an audience have any effect on how you create the art um I think it definitely does. I'm definitely more like critical of my work because I have to present it to other people. I think if I was just shooting for myself, I would have so much more like completed artwork, especially like painting and drawing than I do just because I feel pressured to have like a perfect image to share. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because do you like so? Would you say that you create work for yourself or for others first? I like to think for myself, but I'm sure because I do post ninety percent of like my content is probably for others. Because <laughs> hmm. it's like it's a hard kind of a trigger war with yourself because like you want to create work that you're interested in, but you also yeah. want to create work that other people are interested in, and it's like you have to kind of find a weird middle ground where you're 
happy to post what you're posting but you're also happy that other people are going to like it it's, it's weird though yeah it's kind of weird and it's also weird when you have those photographers who claim oh you know I just posted work and like I didn't expect anybody to like it and it's like well clearly you did because what you're posting is, <laughs> is considered yeah because the, the thing is like we forget like anything you post is a considered post yeah you know like even if it's something that you don't like you've considered the fact you don't like it I don't know but, um, okay so another question I want to ask you is do you think that content creators have not ruined photography or ruined photographers but do you think content creators have jeopardized I guess might be the way to put it like photographers and the way in which that photography is seen um I guess not exactly it's I think it almost ruined um maybe not ruined I guess but I think it's put almost like an expectation on photographers to pump out content just like they do because I know a lot of content creators that literally post like every day or like three or four times a week and I just think most artists or creative people just aren't able to really keep up with that type of flow it's just almost impossible I feel like especially if you're doing stuff on the side yeah but is there a difference between art and content creation I don't think exactly (laughs) maybe between like a fine art and content creation because there's more like of a deeper meaning but just between I think art and content creation I don't think so just because you're making both for an audience to consume you know Sure, that's a good that's a good uh, denomination actually. I think, um, yeah, that's actually a good point. That's actually <laughs> a good consideration. Yeah, nice that. I'm like, that's actually a good point because either way, it's to be consumed. Yeah, that's amazing. Think of a series I really want to shoot. I'm like, oh, that's a really cool series I really want to shoot. Because <laughs> um, like, I really want to shoot like a South, probably a South Portrait series because I don't have any friends. Yeah. Um, so I want to shoot like a a South Portrait series, like just based on like. Um, contemporary words to do with social media so stuff like feed stuff like stream stuff like okay, consume gotcha. stuff like save for later like i want to create images based on those titles but i don't know what the images are just yet i got which you. is something conceptual something cool i don't know i've got i've had it in my mind for a while now and i'm like because i like actually okay question for you actually. Yes. like how do you organize your thoughts when it comes to your work like do you write things down or do you um, like to keep it keep a journal or do you just kind of keep it in your mind I do all of the above. <laughs> I sometimes I do little sketches of what I'm thinking of. Mm. Um, sometimes I'll like actually write down words, and sometimes I'll just have like twelve images in my head at once and try to figure out which one I want to do first, and whichever one works works, I guess. Do you ever show that though? Um, not really. I don't know why, but like my sketchbooks and my like journals are very like personal to me. <laughs> Like, oh, no, no, I don't even want my fiance to look at them. I'm like, what are you? What are you doing? Fair enough, fair enough. Looking in my books. <laughs> yeah, no, they're very. I don't know why they're very personal to me. So I'd never really like shown anyone any of that. No, absolutely fair enough. Because I guess that's just like you know, like the way your work is just a way to process your your thoughts and opinions. That's like your journals are the same. That's a good point. But it's just like I love seeing stuff like that. I love seeing like people's like how like the thing I'm really interested in photography, especially is the pre-production. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we focus a lot on the image and the post-production, but we don't really think about the pre-production, like what comes before creating the image. Because I feel like there's so much thought that goes into it that we don't really share. 
we don't really consider yeah so i think stuff like that always fascinates me like if people show like sketches of images and how they actually turned out or like how they like how you got to this image like i'm always interested by that because i feel like only you can create that image yeah how did you something that i've always been interested in sometimes i just go to like um like you guys have michael's there in the uk no Uh, it's like a giant craft store okay we have like hobby craft okay we have hobby lobby (laughs) so all (laughs) right (laughs) close enough but yeah i pretty much just go to like giant craft stores sometimes and i will just walk around and look at things and sometimes i'll just get a bunch of ideas and i'll come home and i'll just work on that so that's so cool yeah (laughs) that's so cool i love i love that idea so much i love the idea of actually being inspired by your surroundings and just seeing something and be like oh i can use this yeah like I love that. I, I love like the DIY aesthetic of people just doing stuff with what they have. Like that's so cool. I absolutely love that so much. <laughs> I think it's so good. Because that just shows, you know, you're you're meant to be creative because mm-hmm. you have a creative mind. You see things that other people just walk past and not care about. But you look at something and be like, oh, I could use this fabric in a certain way, or I could use this nail gun in an interesting way, or like yeah. you know, um something like that. And I think that's really interesting actually, how people have the ability to be able to look at something kind of boring and transform it. That, I think that's great. I think that's amazing. <laughs> that's absolutely cool. That's really cool, actually. I love that. I think it's great. Um, so do you think being an artist is liberating, isolating, or both? Um, I guess I think it's kind of both. Like, I'm definitely... I prefer to be alone when I'm making art, for the most part. But I also feel like because I express a lot in my art and because I'm in like a community because I share my art is very like liberating in itself just because I don't typically like go out of my comfort zone to talk to people. So. So what does it mean to be a successful artist? To me. Like. I. If I think about it, just like generally like I think of numbers but when I try to think of it what it means for myself I think of like being content with my work to the point of like yeah like I can't do better than this this is this is like it like this is where my work is and I'm content with it if so how do you know like how do you know if an image is successful or not like how do you like like what makes one of your work like what makes one of your pieces of work feel successful to you Um, I think that kind of goes back to like the picture flowing together versus Mm -hmm. looking like it was like all just thrown in and I don't really know how else to describe it other than that for anyone just because I don't know it just kind of clicks in my brain when I think an image is like successful to me if it's something I want to like continue editing on or yeah. Yeah, so it, maybe it's just something you feel like it's worth spending your time on, as yeah. opposed to being like, oh, it's just going to be hidden in my archive forever. No one's yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, do you actually keep all of your images in, in archives? Do you archive your images? I do, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. I think that's always a good idea, because you never know when you're going to need them again. Yeah. Like, you just never know. Um, so which is more important, the skill of the artist or the personality of the artist? Um, I guess... I think of probably, God, that's a hard question. (laughs) I don't know. They all are, they all kind of go hand in hand, but I guess probably the artist, because I don't think you have to be well-known, like personality-wise for people to appreciate Mm -hmm. your art. 
and maybe you're not like the most technically sound person, but I mean, there has to be like new things to be developed, like new ways of doing things, new angles for shooting. I mean, I'm sure most of it has been done, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the great thing about photography is all about perspective, like quite literally perspective. Yeah. I think one thing that I would love to see, something that I actually thought about today, is like how cool would it be if, if images were more point of view? Because I, I, I quite randomly, it goes back to film, of course it does. So I was thinking, <laughs> weirdly this morning, I was thinking like, what was the last film I watched? Um, and I actually used to have on my desktop, as my desktop background, an image, a screenshot from a film called The Invisible Man. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Uh, I don't um, think so. I've heard of it though. There's a part of there's a part of the film in which the like the main character she's upside down because being dragged backwards through a hospital corridor, <laughs> okay. which which is a really cool scene because the the actual camera angle is from her point of view, so you oh. see the hospital corridor upside down. Um, and I thought it, was, it always struck me as really interesting. I was thinking about that image today, right, really randomly, and I thought how cool would it be to have a series of work that's very point of view, where yeah. you have like it's almost like the viewer is the character. Like that could be really interesting. And I think that's something that we don't really see enough in in photography. Like kind of considering who the viewer is in the mm-hmm. work and, and what kind of role the viewer actually plays within the work itself. Um, I don't know. Because a, a camera is like a separate being from you. Yeah. If that makes sense. Even though you're using it and you're looking through it, it's still not you exactly. It's removed from you. And I feel like how can you play with that as a photographer to make your work seem... Um, kind of just more intuitive or interactive i don't really know something i'm thinking about at the minute i don't know what i'm thinking about that for but you never know just something i've randomly literally randomly struck me today and i was like this is really cool i should think about that which means i'll never do anything about it with it for another five (laughs) years at least that's what it means well Um, i look forward to it coming out eventually i mean i don't know because i think because a question i ask a lot of artists are like you know who is the like what role does the viewer play in your work yeah i thought we don't feel like we create work but we never actually question like Whose perspective is the work actually like literally based on? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes any. I don't know if that question makes any sense though. So I don't know if that <laughs> makes any sense. Or if I'm just thinking about things way too deeply and I've got too much time on my hands, I think that's what it says. Um, so I have a question for you mm-hmm. from the last person I interviewed. A really cool artist called Mister Frivolous, and his question for you is: Name three creatives that you'd have brunch with, and what questions would you ask them? Oh gosh. That's so hard. <laughs> um, I'm not quite sure what his actual name is, but Modi Darkroom, of course, because I love his work. And then Ian Howarth, because we got to throw like yes. completely opposite in vibes in there. Mm. And then, um, God, what's his name? The guy that we were talking about that you interviewed. Um, yes i actually checked out his work after the oh, after the interview yeah. and i was like his work was actually very interesting um and i guess i'm just curious for marcel i he has such like an interesting perspective on work and creating work and just kind of his creative process um so i guess honestly i'd just like to hear more about that <laughs> hmm. um and then ian howworth i I don't know. His work is just a really cool mix of almost like some of it's very liminal space and then some of it's like cinematic scenes. And so I guess I just want to know like the thought process behind those. I know he went to school originally for um, cinema. 
Um, and so like, I wonder how big of like an impact it's had on all of his work, um, especially like his stuff that's not supposed to be cinematic. And then, yeah, Moody Dark Room, I guess. His work is just really interesting because of how he started. Like, that's really shocking to me, feeling like I need to go to school for essentially what he's accomplished by himself. So, hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're really good choices and also really good kind of topics of conversation. So do you have a question for the next artist I interview? Um, yeah, I think... Hang on, I wrote it down. So my question was, if you had all the time and money that you could need, would you still create the artwork that you create today? That's a great question. That's an absolutely great question. So what would your younger self think about your work? Um, I probably think it's pretty cool. <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't think I was going to grow up and make art. So I think just that alone, I'd be like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I think I'd just be proud of myself for taking that leap. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good, that's a, that's a really nice way to look at it, though, because it's like, you don't know what you're going to do. You think you know what you're going to do, but you don't know what how you're going to end up or where you're going to, you know, what, what you're becoming or where you're going to end up. Yeah. So I think that's nice that you're content with that. I think that's a really good thing. <laughs> and the last question, which you're probably very glad to know, is what are you currently working on? Where can people find more about you and your work? Um... Well, right now I'm just working on more liminal spaces stuff. Um, and you can find my work on Instagram at liminal films or, and then I have like a link tree of like a bunch of different, I have like a Facebook for liminal films. I have a Tumblr for my unreleased pictures that are all film. So yeah. <laughs> absolutely love. Like I, I need to do the same. Yeah. I saw you, I saw that and I was like, this is such a good idea. I need to do the same. So <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for inspiring me to do that. Yeah. But Calypso, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. It was fun. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. Um, I really appreciate your time and your just your awesomeness. I really do appreciate it. That concludes my conversation with Calypso Jeffries. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about it, please send me an email at theflyingfruitbowl at gmail.com or get in touch via social media sites such as Instagram and Twitter. The Flying Fruit Bowl podcast can be found on a variety of sites such as Spotify, YouTube and Apple Music. If you'd like to support the show, please consider rating, reviewing, sharing or subscribing on any of those platforms to help spread the word. Also, please don't forget to check out theflyingfruitbowl.co.uk for daily art inspiration and if you're a creative, please get in touch for a chance to be featured or interviewed. If you're interested in supporting the platform further, we now also have a Patreon page. Today's start from £1, and more information can be found over at patreon.com forward slash the flying fruit bowl. Additionally, if monthly donations are not your thing, we now also have a PayPal for one time donations. I'll include a link to our PayPal in the show notes. Once again, thank you very much for listening to this episode today, and until next time, folks, please stay safe.